You know, one of the hardest things we men have to conquer, I mean, one of these skills that we just have to learn is active listening. Oh, man, that's just such a drain on a man, you know, to have to sit there and just listen as your better half, spouse, girlfriend, whatever, is talking to you about the latest fashions in New York or something like that. But hey, that's okay. I'm going to teach you today with the help of my co-host with the most here at Live a Life by Design. Let's give it up for my friend, Lori Few. How are you, Lori? I'm good. I don't have a listening problem. Uh, we're going to talk about that. See, women think they don't have listening problems. We're going to talk <laughs> about that, though, as to why you do, and you just don't admit it. So uh, I got to tell you, Lori, springtime, my favorite time of the year. I just got to be honest. I love the new growth that's going to be coming out soon. Right now, we're still in the doldrums of winter, but think March is coming. April's coming. So it's going to be a good year, I think. Something to look forward to. Absolutely. Let's get out of these doldrums of what's going on in the world and kick it into gear with springtime. I do want to say here on Live Life by Design, we are so honored to have a few moments of every Monday morning just so you can start your week out with what you need, the good, the pure, the powerful message that you are good enough. You just want to be bigger, better, and bolder? This is the show for you because Lori Few brings all three of those to every episode. So, <laughs> no, no, no pressure. No pressure. None at all. She's drank about four cups of coffee already. She is ready Listen, to I'm go. caffeinated. I'm ready to roll. She's pumped up, folks. I am telling you. And I'm not talking about her shoes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> sound effects there, courtesy of Jimmy Waves. Hey, no, listen, guys. Hey, thank you for joining us. But on a serious note, Lori, there is this um, kind of unwritten misunderstanding about how men and women have certain numbers of words that are different between the two sexes. Um, that men don't have listening skills, women do. I'm going to tell you, that's always um, a misnomer. It's across the board. It's a fallacy to believe that one sex has better listening skills than the other. But I do want to bring a quote out that I found in a book, and you're going to love the title of this book before we get started. It says, though, the quote, working males average 2,000 to 3,000 words per day, females from 10,000 to 20,000 words per day. The source of this, <laughs> the book's called Men Are Pigs. Fortunately, Women Like Pork. True. True story. That's a book. Oh, my. <laughs> I might have to put that on my uh, reading list. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to do better in 2022 and uh, create my own reading list. I think I might need that one. It, that's an interesting figure. That, that's quite a is it because women get up earlier? We just say more things during the day or I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little skeptical of the numbers. I don't think those are scientifically based uh, and, and that's not prima facie evidence by being studied um, <laughs> uh, empirically. I, I think that's just some guy trying to sell a book. So <laughs> well, he has my attention just with the title. So we'll he, start he there. Did. You know, my grandmother and grandfather had to, of course, wore dentures and they were quite aged and I'll never forget my grandfather always said, boy, I tell you, I got up this morning and I just started talking at 5 a.m. He's an early riser like me. He just said, I started talking and I couldn't quit talking all the way through breakfast. And I talked all the way through lunch and I talked all the way through working in the afternoon. He worked on a farm. And I said, well, why are you talking so much, you know, Grandpa? And he said, well, I figured it out about dinner time. Said so I went in there at dinner time to go eat and I washed up and washed my face. And I looked, I had your grandmother's dentures in. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a visual on a monday morning now, that's a that's a bad one <laughs> hey let's talk about a few of these key active listening skills our listeners will need to learn 
And how do you learn these? You practice these. And I'll be honest with you, I'm working on this. This is one of my big, hairy, audacious goals for 2022, Lori, is to be a better active listener. So uh, let's take a couple of these. So the first thing you have to learn is to be attentive. Now, that doesn't mean attentive to yourself. That means attentive to, to whomever you are speaking with. Now, I love this. People get carried away and say, I'm speaking to someone. And I like to correct my team and I go, you know, you're not speaking to me. You're speaking with me. Communication takes a receiver and a transceiver, someone to transmit and someone to receive. So, Lori, how would you rate? Let's just talk about it in true terms, because we don't ever want to lie to our listeners about anything. This isn't faux pas. This is real stuff. How would you rate Justin, your beloved husband, on his active listening skills now, uh, zero to five? Oh my goodness. Um, let's hope he's either he's, let's hope he's not going to listen to this podcast today. <laughs> I'm sending, or him, I'm sending him a link. Don't worry. Go ahead. <laughs> I would say he's not by far not the worst, but he's by far not the best. So I would say probably middle of the road three, because there's always room for improvement. He does do well, uh, depending on the time of day, uh, the day of the week. So, uh, and depending on what's going on, uh, I, I would say solid three. Yeah, you know, so I'm going to be honest. Miss Williams rated me a three, and she said the same thing. You ladies must have practiced this. So <laughs> she says, I can tell when you're in work mode. If I call you at the office during the day and I have a discussion, I need your full attention. Uh, she says, I can tell through the phone by my voice inflection, by my pausing, whatever. She knows I'm not fully engaged. Now, that's powerful. You ladies know a lot of stuff. I, I absolutely agree with her. I mean, I've had conversations, not just with my spouse, but other people where I felt it was very important to go ahead and have whatever conversation it was I needed to have. And, you know, it's almost like looking through the phone into the other person's brain and you automatically can tell they're just not 100% there. Uh, so I've kind of learned as a general rule of thumb, if it's not something extremely important or life altering, if it can wait until I'm face to face, it it does so much more justice for the conversation. And you don't have to repeat yourself. You don't have to go back and recount what you said and what they said. Um, and it's really sad because telephone communication was one of the most earth shattering, pivotal forms of communication when the telephone was invented. Right uh, after that and, pigeon carrier, you know, they did that pigeon for a long time. <laughs> a message in a bottle. That's it. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh and so I, I I definitely think that that's the telephone and, and you women can tell. I mean, maybe men can tell, too. I, I don't know. Well, no, I can tell. I can tell when I get home and I've got something on my mind because of work, for example, that I need to share with, with Dina, uh, my beloved wife of 34 and a half years. Uh, but what I want to do is I want to share stuff with her. And I can tell she's got something that the girls, our daughters, have got her working on or she's stewing on or something because I can just tell because she's just got given me uh, placid answers like this. Okay, honey. Well, yeah, whatever, whatever you want, honey. Yes. Uh, you know, dodging it, never going to yes or no. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, be attentive. And I'll tell you something too, Lori, that we need to be careful of, not just on the phone, but when we're in person with someone, that person you're talking to and their eyes are darting all over the place, same time looking around, you know, that look, um, I gotta be honest with you. I don't feel like they're being attentive to me and my conversation. If that's happening. I absolutely agree. Um, I've actually stopped conversations and said, uh, you know, if you're busy, I'll, I'll come back or I'll wait a sec. Uh, you know, I don't want to interrupt anything. Uh, and I think that some of that comes from we are so 
tied in to communication. We want communication instantly. We want it right now. And we can have it on multiple platforms. You can have your landline, if you still have a landline or an office phone. You'll have to explain that. I'm not sure some of our listeners know what that is. Is that the thing you you crank and say, Sarah, I need the drugstore, Sarah? Listen, it's so frightening to have that conversation with a 12-year-old who's never known a time in his life where the phone wasn't mobile. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we take that for granted, just talking about that. I mean, I can specifically remember my mother telling me during a thunderstorm at the age of 14 to get off the phone. And I was having a serious conversation with someone at the time. I don't even remember. And after the third threat of, no, I'm serious, get off the phone, she walked into my room with a pair of kitchen scissors and cut my phone line. And you would have thought she cut off my arm. I mean, hysterical crying, my lifeline to the outside world like I had never left the house before. And she made, it's, it's something that is, the piece of communication that's pivotal that I learned that day from my mother was, I mean, business. And I had to, earn and save enough money to buy a replacement phone cord <laughs> before I could talk to people again on the telephone. That's pretty but funny. I, but I digress in telling that story. And, and no, I love that's a very appropriate. So I would say <laughs> to you, you weren't being attentive to your mother. So it's a great point. Exactly. There. Exactly. Uh, but yes, we can have uh, multiple distractions when it comes to communication because we're so instantly tied to everything and computers and cell phones and, and office phones and different things. And so it really is important that you pay attention to the person that's talking to you because that might be the most important moment of their day. And they just need half a second to communicate to you what they need. Oh, that is great advice. Well, what's another skill, Lori, on your list of skills maybe that we need to have? Oh, goodness. One of my big ones is you've got to be able to give positive nonverbal feedback. I always did nonverbal. Ooh, that's yeah, good. That's good. It's, you can be attentive and be looking at someone, but if you have that body language that you are disgusted or frustrated or bored, that person just automatically can shut down and there lies the problem. You'll never get to the bottom of the issue. You'll never be able to make a decision with your team or move forward or feel like that person has any value to that conversation if they feel like your face is telling a completely different story, your lips are moving, but your face and your body language is telling something else. So smiling, nodding, looking the person in the eyes is so important to feel, to make that person feel like what they're saying is important. Um, You know, they could be presenting to a room of 200 people, but if they connect with that one person right in front of them in a positive way, it just sets the tone for the rest of the day or the rest of that conversation or presentation for that person. And it's just, it's kind of a nice thing to do. And if they're not really tuned in, you know, being attuned and using their, their, you know, basically their emotions as well as their verbal cues that they're giving you in conversation, you'll notice it too, because you may say something that is, of course, shouldn't be responded with a smile or a laughter. And that person kind of giggle and say, oh yeah, I see that happening. You know, and it may have been, you told them something really bad, you know, that, that you experienced it. So I agree. They have to be attuned. And I think the other thing, too, is, is the posture of the person. If I see someone that's kind of slumped over on one leg and I'm kind of, boy, they're not engaged in this conversation at all, you know. Uh, so I think you're absolutely right. And so that facial cue. So a question, I guess a little trivia here for our subscribers. You probably know this, Lori. What percentage of our daily communication is nonverbal? 
Oh, goodness. I would say at least 75%. Yeah, the scientists say 87% of everything we communicate is through nonverbal means, not verbal. Now, think about that. So, you know, when people say, well, I can size that person up already, they are really picking up on some cues about maybe they're upset. Eyebrows are down, your forehead scowled, and, and the smile's pursed, and and then you got your arms folded across your chest. I mean, it, these things like that, people pick up on these nonverbal communication cues. I'll never forget. I was in undergrad school, and I had to take a speech class. And I'll be honest with you, I love speaking, so I sailed through it. Don't want to brag, but anyway. So I, I'm Shocker. sitting there and, and they have a young lady who is supposed to be letting us uh, kind of provide some valuation, some feedback to what she's doing without even saying a word. Her speech was just to say through nonverbal means what she was thinking, feeling, understanding, whatever. And she stood up there and <laughs> I said, she's visibly upset. And I think it's at the professor for this homework. And she <laughs> nods her head, you know. So and my point is, is she had her arms crossed. Her eyebrows were down. She had this kind of pouty looking face and, and her toe. Now you women have this thing and I cannot do it because you have to be female to do this, but you stand flat footed on one, let's say it's your right foot, but your left foot crosses a little angle, not quite, uh, you know, obtuse from the right foot, but, but, you know, perpendicular almost, but, and then she's tapping the toe while the heel touches the right foot that is straight ahead. (laughs) What's that about, Lori? Is that something they teach you ladies somewhere? Uh, well, first of all, that description was almost way too much math for this early <laughs> in the morning. I'm just going to tell you. Whew. I was taking some visual notes over here thinking, goodness, <laughs> too many math references. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I absolutely visualized you saying that whole scenario because I have found myself, I do it all the time. Uh, maybe it is a woman thing. I, I, I don't know. Um, and maybe it's a secret society thing that we do uh, yeah. that we don't share with anyone. I Don't tell me if you got to kill me, Lori. Don't tell me if you got to kill me. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe it's because women always feel like, maybe not now, but I know in previous generations and conversations with my grandmother, women always felt like they had to be a bigger presence in the room to be noticed or to be heard or to be understood. Uh, I feel like we've made huge advancements in that conversation that women can be in the room and have a seat at the table and do all the things that the men can do. Uh, maybe that's, Maybe that's why. I don't know. Uh, I will tell you, though, she gathered a great grade, earned a great grade during that uh, that course. I'll never forget that because the professor said he didn't want to make her mad taking any homework. You know, <laughs> so I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the other areas, one of the skills, I should say, for active listening for our, li- for our group is to hear um, people ask probing questions. You know, that says you're engaged in something. You know, if, if I say, hey, you know, Lori, I heard your son had been ill or had fallen off and the playground broke his arm. What's going on? You know, ask the interesting questions that don't focus on yourself. Now, narcissism is the key to where people think so highly of themselves. They only talk in the singular pronoun or whatever. But that to me is very important. If I want to know about Lori's life, I need to ask Lori probing questions. What's your thoughts? I agree. I, and, but it's really, a, it's a difficult balance because when you get into conversations in different circles and different areas of your personal and professional life, Sometimes, and even being a woman and a mom, the conversation tends to lead back to yourself. People ask about you, they ask about your family, and then you start to talk about yourself. And, you know, we we talk about this uh, amongst the women's circles, if you will. Uh, you know, reading the room, just making sure that it doesn't turn into a one-sided conversation. Uh, it's, it's difficult at times because women also are on the other side of that where we don't want to talk about ourselves. We don't want to talk about our successes. 
which I find ludicrous. I, I am the biggest person in the world to start off a meeting or a conversation or a roundtable with, tell me something good. Tell me something you're celebrating. Tell me something you've accomplished. Uh, to me, that's important. And I know that, you know, some people can look at that as, oh, I don't really want to brag or, you know, I don't really have anything. But if you dig deep, you can find something. And I love a good probing question conversation at times because it really gives you some insight. Uh, you can change a whole dynamic in a room. Uh, you can change a whole outcome of um, a pitch or a presentation or change the tone completely of the way you were going in a particular project just based on the questions that you're willing to ask all the people in the room. I got to tell you, there's a few questions you ladies ask us men, uh, particularly spouses or significant others, and they're very probing. And we don't appreciate it. So men, unlike women, don't really like a deeply probing question, perhaps from spouses, maybe from their guy friends. But one of those would be, and maybe you can help me understand this. One of those is, honey, does this dress make me look fat? Now, either way you go, it's a trap, right? Am I right, guys? Everybody out there? Okay. Uh, so why do you ladies ask us such entrapment questions? I have no idea. I think we ask those questions because we know that the answer uh, you are going to be thoughtful and considerate, and maybe that's just what we're looking for. Um, but we want to stay in our homes and we want to sleep in our beds. I mean, <laughs> lie to me, you know, yeah, lie that's to it, me. That's it, sweetheart. Tell me I can't I'm even pretty. See you. Did you turn sideways, where, honey? Where are you? Oh, there's exactly. a crack in the wall. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, you know, another one I think is is good too, and and I'll let you ask yours after this. But I think too, if we if we think about clarifying things, you know, we men, if we're not listening closely, we'll take your statement and with our backgrounds may come to a whole different conclusion of what you said than what you meant. Have you ever had that happen? Yes. Oh my goodness. I think that that happens a lot. And more, I feel like more people are afraid to approach that subject. They wait till the end or they wait till afterwards. It's like, see me after class, I have a question, you know, because people are too afraid to ask for clarification on the front end. But sometimes what I've found, and as awkward as it may be, is that I'm not afraid anymore to do that. Because if I'm having that same struggle, then someone else in the room is too. And I've had people come up to me and say, Oh, goodness, I'm so glad you asked that again, because I, I was completely lost. And so I always just tell people, don't be afraid, own it. You're not the only one in the room. No, exactly. And so what, you know, as a good leader, if we're going to talk about our teams and you're talking about communication with your team, you want to have great listening skills there as well. Well, one thing you got to do when it comes to this type of arrangement of, hey, um, did they understand what I meant? They didn't ask clarity on it. Our job is to make the, the statement so clear that they maybe shouldn't have to. But if you didn't, they should feel free to ask. You know, that's the one thing I always tell a new person that comes on board in our, our team is I always say, look, I'm just one of the other team members that has a different role. And you can ask me anything you want that's of a professional nature related to your position or something I've asked you to do to get a certain outcome. And, and I mean that to them. And so uh, in a very respectful way, they always come up and go, no, listen, how would you approach this? Or how would you, what do you want the final outcomes to look, that, uh, look like? And, I, and that's kind of key to being clear in the intentions of instruction. So that means a biggie. I think that is, it's a very big one. And along those same lines, and we're, you know, we're talking about clarification. One of the things that, as far as communication for me, that I've had to learn and work on myself is avoid interrupting and wait till the right time to interject something. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean there, Laura. Yeah. Let's get on to something else. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, yes, I exactly. agree with you. I agree. That was a joke, folks. I promise you. I did not mean it. This wonderful lady. Uh, but but that's, no, you're absolutely the, that's right. That's the point. Yeah. I mean, and, and we, by nature, as children, we're inquisitive. And, and so it, when it starts out, it's not meant to be rude or, you know, to interrupt. But, you know, I can remember growing up, my grandmother, you know, that was a big, big thing. Like, don't interrupt, don't interrupt, don't interrupt. And so at certain, you just have to know when to hold that thought. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes we get overexcited and we just kind of blurt things out. And, you know, you kind of take a minute to kind of catch your breath and think, oh, okay, maybe that wasn't the right time. Because there again, that nonverbal communication from the rest of the people in the room are going to tell you real quick. Um, but just progressively working on things like that, you know, knowing the right time, being able to read the room, being respectful of other people's time and position and opportunity. And knowing that if you have something like I always walk into a meeting with a notepad, I never, computers are great, phones are great. I don't take notes on my phone uh, during meetings because I'm afraid that people are going to misinterpret that as texting or being distracted. So I always want to make sure that I take a notepad. And when someone says something that triggers a thought, instead of interrupting, I just try to write it down and, you know, wait for the right time to ask that question. You know, Lori, this is a great one you brought up. And and the issue boils down to is that person that always has the one upsmanship. You know, I really can't take that one either. So, so not only do they interrupt you, they go, but yeah, but Hey, let me tell you what I did on my vacation. <laughs> you ever have those kind of discussions? Who's, who's taking a vacation? Well, okay. So yeah, no. <laughs> maybe a bad example. <laughs> no, I follow you. I follow. I need, you know I want to I mean. go on a vacation. You yeah. know, if you got a car with a, a 350 engine, oh, well, I got a 600 horse, you know, whatever. They always have one better than you. And it seems like that person's not a very good active listener because you're really not talking about a car that wasn't the point. They brought up a discussion. You answered something back. Now they volleyed you back one bigger. And it's almost like just continuing to go one up on the other party. To me, that's not really communication or active listening. You know what I mean? It's almost antagonizing. Yes. And it really can turn, it can turn an entire attitude and entire behavior. Um, And sometimes it's hard to get that back, especially, you know, in a, in a di- family dynamic, even that, you know, it can just ruin the whole conversation. I think you can be a good leader and you can be a, a, a good parent. I think you can be a good mate, all of that without having to show that you're superior in whatever you purchased actions you've taken words. You've spoke. I mean, you don't have to one up anybody to me. It's great to have a relationship where we're on the level playing field, if that makes sense. And I think that's key. I think everybody wants to have that mutual respect, be on the same footing, walk into a room and be equals with everybody in the room. It just opens that door to have great, solid, open communication and for people to actively listen and participate. It, it, it just makes the whole environment 10 times more workable and, and definitely more productive. I agree. Any last comments you can think of that we can help our listeners? to get the skills for active listening under control and exercising? I think just really being present. I mean, we, we talk about that a lot on the podcast, but that's one of the main goals in life is just be present. Uh, I feel like if you're there and, and you're willing and you're open and you're positive to listening and being part of a conversation, that's half the battle, just being present, being mindfully ready to do and conquer and challenge the week and the day and the month and the year. You know, I'm going to start wearing my steel toe boots when we record these things. Cause you step all over my <laughs> toes with comments like that. Oh no. my gosh. <laughs> Listen, Be present. 
That's a someone biggie for to, me, Lori. That's a biggie. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's good. It should be. But somebody's got to try to keep you in check, Jimmy. Let me tell you, it takes a big marker to keep me in check. <laughs> that's a bad joke, okay? That's a bad joke. I need a big marker. Miss <laughs> Williams has one of those super permanent markers. Those big ones take two hands to write with almost. <laughs> uh, so, hey, ladies and gentlemen, she is absolutely right. That's a great one, a great skill to learn. And, and I'll be very honest with everyone here as I am every week here. It is a challenge for me sometimes to be present with all the things I have in my world. I just have to remember that the world does not evolve around me, as Miss Williams reminds me. Uh, so <laughs> does the world evolve around you or does it evolve around Justin? No, I, uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Uh, well, I'm not going to lie on that one. Lori's giving you the unvarnished truth today, the unvarnished <laughs> truth. Hey, folks, if you want to learn some new skills this year in 2022, we're going to be sharing some of these new goals for what we're looking at and growing as people, learning to communicate better. I really believe that if we learn to communicate better with our neighbor, in our home, in our offices, you see communications what retains and gains the peace of the world that we all seek. We just don't need to be under, misunderstood. We need to gain that communication skill that we all could use and, and utilize for that purpose. So be attentive in your conversations with that other person. Be attentive and then ask those probing questions that are pertinent to the conversation topic that you're taking a serious interest in that person. Be attuned to and reflect those feelings, that nonverbal, that crossing the arms. Be careful with things that could be negatively construed by the other person and you know request clarification where necessary this is a key to understanding and remember it's not communication if it's not transmitted and understood by the person receiving the communication it's simply talking so Lori, with that how about you close us out this week any last words i want everybody to go out and have a great week and live a life by design i like the way you ended that have a good week everyone You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company, all rights reserved. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley. Brindley.